Hey Mitch, get over here and record the Drift Dad again, eh? Today's episode is brought to you in part by Drift Outfitters in downtown Toronto, Ontario. Drift Outfitters is your source for all things fly fishing. From waders and boots to thread and feathers, Drift has it all. Check their website for their latest updates and policies regarding shopping during the pandemic. Curbside pickup for your online and phone orders is a great way to get the gear you need. And they're shipping for free across Canada on orders over 175 bucks. Visit driftoutfitters.com to learn more. Drift Outfitters fitters.com Hello and welcome to another episode of SoFly. It is uh, mid-March and we're here recording another episode. Uh, we've got new cameras, so if you're watching on YouTube, we got new cameras. Uh, my name is Mitch, we've got Aldo. <laughs> Hi everybody. <laughs> we got Yilma. Hello. And uh, we're very excited today to be talking to uh, nice Yilma, a nice delayed hello. I always like that. Just always, Just, inter- always interrupting, forever Everyone. interrupting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, super stoked today to be chatting with uh, two two fellows that we met uh, last year, actually, through the F3T. Uh, the Bracker Brothers, Andrew and Eric Bracker, uh, are outdoor filmmakers, fly anglers, and sustainability advocates. They're originally from Brookville, Maryland, a suburban town between D.C. and Baltimore. Uh, but Eric lives in Brookville. Andrew now lives in Fort Collins, Colorado. They grew up fishing the Chesapeake Bay and surrounding tribs. Uh, this area and fishery was actually inspiration for their first award-winning film, A Journey Upstream, which is the film we talked about last year. Uh, their latest film, Phoenix, is part of this year's Fly Fishing Film Tour. Ultimately, Andrew and Eric say they hope to continue using outdoor films to spark sustainable change. But today they're on SoFly. Andrew, Eric, how's it going? Good. Thanks for having us on. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, we're, Welcome, we're pretty pumped to be here. And I, I will say, we don't care, but it's it's Breaker. Okay, see, that's what I was... I You know what? I was going to ask you guys before I did it. Is it Breaker or Bracker? And I was like... Okay, I'm gonna take a chance. I got a 50 percent shot, and I went Bracker, and of course it was Breaker. But hey, you know, this is the way she goes, baby. Hey, it's all good. Uh, babe. Yeah, guys, we're stoked. We're stoked to be chatting. We uh, we talked about it was like almost. Oh, yeah. a, I think it was like pretty much exactly a year ago about the first the first film, right? It was like this time last year ish. I am so yeah. bad with dates, but I think generally speaking, it was about a year ago. Yeah. 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 We measure no, everything good. in like the film festival circuit now like that's right our lives (laughs) are now dictated by like right now we're going through the phase of like celebrating the film we just created and also brainstorming the next one yeah that's what spring means to us now yeah just like what what's the next film going to be about and when can we shoot it and all that jazz yeah Yeah. that's good man yeah uh, well, it's 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 good to see you guys. I mean, how how have things been going in your area? I mean, Andrew, you moved out to Colorado last spring. You were saying? I did. Yeah. Um, it's quite the move. For most of my life, I spent it, it living in uh, Brookville, Maryland, which is where Eric's at right now. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I made the trek out to the American West, and uh, I haven't looked back. As much as I love Maryland, it's Colorado is just epic. The amount of public land and recreational opportunity is incredible oh yeah um just so did, did did work bring you out there or was it mainly recreation and then you've just been making work fit into that move um i i think 
um, my fiance and I, we wanted to move out to Colorado and we prioritized that. And we, we then looked for jobs in that area. Um, so it was originally just the, the, the urge to go to Colorado. Yeah. Yeah. Just to be out in the mountains surrounded by the streams. Uh, well, you guys are both, exactly. I mean, you and your fiance, congratulations, by the way, that's like a, that's a new thing too, right? Like, isn't that reason? Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, a wedding coming coming up this year. Planning a non-COVID wedding. Well, it's still in the shadow yeah. of COVID, but a not yeah. uh, like within the the grips of it. The grips, the grasp. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah. Mitch had a because also Mitchy, yeah, Mitchy got married uh, in the cove this summer. Yeah, in the cove. Fall, fall, yeah. fall, <laughs> fall. It was, it was actually October. Yeah, what date, Andrew? Do you guys have a date? The 29th. Oh man, so close. Twenty third. Mm. That would been crazy. Oh. Can you imagine? Yeah. Out of all the days in the year, <laughs> Eric, what's been uh, going on with you? Like, what's new in your end, end of things? Uh, well, I graduated from college in the spring. Which Congratulations! Was, uh, which was great. Thank you. Appreciate that. And um, I nice. went to Susquehanna University, which was in Central PA, kind of in that in that beautiful fishery near, kind of pretty close to Penn State, right near Bucknell. Um, yeah. But since then, I've I've moved back home, and like Andrew said, we're in Brookville, which is like pretty much equal distance between DC and Baltimore yeah. right in the heart of like no trout fishing and you know, any, any direction. <laughs> nice. So Andrew and I are kind of like polar opposites right now. Yeah, um, right now. I've, been, I've been busy. Yeah. Right now is the keyword, but, um, yeah. but I've been busy. I've been, um, working full time for a real estate marketing company making, you know, real estate content. Uh, yeah. so virtual tours, drone photography, kind of all that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But also, obviously, chasing kind of the outdoor film passion on the side, too. Like, I know Andrew's mentioned, and I'm sure we'll talk about, but um, mm-hmm. especially since Phoenix was our second film, um, I think people are starting to, like, catch on and, you know, understand that this yeah. is something we want to continue doing. Um, mm-hmm. So we've, you know, had a host of different opportunities um, present themselves to us already this year. Um, so it's been pretty hectic kind of planning, you know, trying to figure out what projects are going to be actually doable. Um, we're kind of in that phase where we're giving them all a chance and it's starting to get a little bit overwhelming and we know mm-hmm. we'll have to cut back at some point. Um, right. But yeah, things have been good, busy, but um, everything has been great. Amazing. Wicked. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, no, it's good to have, you know, beating away opportunities is always a good thing and and uh, lots of stuff bubbling up. I mean, before, so maybe we'll, we'll talk about the filmmaking stuff and talk about, you know, obviously uh, the most recent work and what you guys are maybe excited to get doing. But before we get into that, why don't we just start by talking a bit about your fishing life and how you guys got into fly fishing? Because I don't think we got into that last time. And so, you know, let's maybe start with Andrew. Like, how, how did you how did you get into fly fishing? What was the what was the path? Hmm. Um, well, for I'm sure a lot of people. First, it wasn't fly fishing off the bat. It was conventional fishing, mm-hmm. and my first fish was a largemouth bass out of the the lake, just like a mile from our house. Um, yeah. And you know, that's in the early years. It was like lakes, ponds, and the occasional trip to the Chesapeake Bay, which is kind of also pretty close to where we grew up. Um, and then we started really getting into that and striper fishing and. Um, I went to undergrad at a college that's situated right on the Chesapeake Bay. And one of my, my best friend from college, um, mm-hmm. he, he had a fly rod and I saw him at the docks one day, 
uh, fishing. And I was thinking like, dude, what are you doing? Like that's for <laughs> trout. Why, why do you have a fly rod in the salt right totally. now? And, um, he, he ended up catching a striped bass and that totally just opened up a whole world for me. And I started like for sure. just doing tons of research on it, got my own rod or we got our first rod for Christmas that year. And I remember just like trying so hard to, to land my first fish. And, uh, I ended up landing a striped bass off the docks at my, my college. That was, that was my first fish on the fly. Oh, that's awesome. Nice. That, that was going to be the mm-hmm. follow-up question was, do you remember your first yeah. fish on the fly? <laughs> yeah. How big was the striper? Like, was it a nice fish? Must have been. Uh, no, this was, this was a very small fish. It so was probably like <laughs> 10 inches. <laughs> Still, you know, like it was enough to that's get you hooked yeah. on it, right? Exactly. That's cool. That's dope. Yeah, Eric, how'd you get into it? Was it kind of like, uh, w- w- was it the following <laughs> Andrew's footsteps or were you also getting um, stoked on it at a different time? I would actually argue I'm the one that got Andrew into fishing. So <laughs> Here we I'll, go. This I'll, is what we... I'll throw okay. that out there. Right. Right. Um, but I, even before then, I'm going to give some credit to our mom, um, really both of our parents, but our mom in particular, she constantly, you know, took us outside, you know, while... Mm a lot of our friends would get dropped off at the mall or whatnot, or, um, you know, just do a bunch of indoor things, I guess. She would always make it a point to mm-hmm. either, you know, we were regulars at the nature center, um, mm-hmm. or we would, we would do what's called creaking. So she would, you know, take us down to the Creek and we'd splash around and catch crayfish with our hands. And, um, I so that. I think that's kind of where, where our love really started. It's like, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's just what we love to do. It's like, the second we had free time, we were gone and like we were in the woods yeah. building forts with friends or right or whatever. Yeah. So I, I'd say that's where it started for sure. Um, my and, and similar to what Andrew is saying, our whole lives we like like most people every now and then like went fishing, you know, and, and bought worms and you know went with a bobber and caught some bluegill, maybe like a little largemouth here and there, which was exciting. Mm-hmm. But I remember one time I went with went with one of my good friends who's pretty into bass fishing and kind of that night crawler fishing is all I knew. And he had a, one of those like bass pro shops, like XBS backpacks full of fishing yep. lures. And like, I couldn't get over the fact that he had like a backpack full of fishing lures and he tied on, <laughs> um, I think it was just some sort of like beaver tail crawfish bait. It was like the first artificial bait I, I ever used. And I had a button, you know, push button rod. And I, I tossed it out there and caught like a, it's probably like a two pound large mouth, you know, something around there. And that's kind of how I got hooked. Um, it was like the second I went to art, like using like an artificial lure and like purposely catching a large mouth was like the first time I got hooked on fishing as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, and that transitioned to, you know, getting really into bass fishing um, I was a junior Potomac River Bassmaster for Whoa. for many years, so I so I fished cool. tournaments, uh, which was Whoa. cool. Nice, <laughs> pretty pretty. Uh, it's, it's pretty Yilma bad still has out. like a closet full of like bait casters and and spinning yeah. rods. Like yeah, Yilma was yeah. like, dude, I, I went through that phase. Bill dance bait caster. My my parents <laughs> were probably ready to strangle me because I was trying to I was trying to convince them that. You know, you needed rods like a golfer needs different clubs. So I wanted to get like a crankbait rod. I wanted like it was, I don't know, it got a little silly. But that's where the love started. And eventually that transferred over to fly fishing. Um, Like Andrew and like he said, one year our parents got us 
both these identical it was like that temple fork outfitters um it was like a beginner pack so it was like rod reel together and you know pretty much from the second we like could take those out and go exploring it was it was game over yeah yeah Yeah. um maybe it's important to know what's the age difference between you two years four years okay yeah right 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 okay so so you guys got these these TFO kits and you just kind of like hit the rivers and hit the water and we're like, here we go hooked. Yep. Oh yeah. That I think we, it. the, the first place we used it was a, the Creek behind our house, which was pretty much, you know, bluegill pumpkin seed, sunfish, small bass. And, and yeah. one summer in particular, I remember there is a, I think it was during, after hurricane Sandy, whenever that was, um, a ton of water got pushed into our Creek and in this pool left over, there was probably like five or six common carp, which had never been in there. And like we flipped out, like when we went back there and like we saw that big gold thing flash, we were like losing it. So yeah. that was that was like the first big fish I ever caught on a fly rod as a common carp. But I would say it was kind of cheating because I'd put a clump of bread and let my rod sit there until it ate the flies. Nice. And then I caught yeah. it. Yeah. Hey, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I was gonna call you out for that. Yeah. <laughs> fly rods of yeah, fly I think, rod, I hey, think you know. had like a you took like a, a prince nymph, but then like put like congealed uh bread around it and then tossed it in. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. your that's your uh your bait casting experience. That's yeah. what that is right there. Yeah, exactly. That's your that's your power oh, bait yeah. solve on the fly. One hundred percent. The Prince Bait Power Bait Solve. I love yeah. it. Amazing. Okay, so the fly fishing foray was uh, mostly warm water, right? Like there was no trout fishing then, back then? It was it was all kind of warm water species? There was some... Att- I, I would say there was attempted trout fishing, but we were also right. so new that there was no chance we would hook a trout, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> and our trout I, fishery that we... Oh, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Our uh, our trout fishery that we eventually learned how to trout fish on mm-hmm. is very difficult. Like it, it the water is uh, situated in a way that where you gotta like you have to be dialed in with your flies and your presentation, and those fish can see you from a mile away. And yeah. so, <laughs> being able to key in and like start to like trout fishing took us some time. Yeah, yeah, because right, you pretty yeah. much have to use you pretty much have to use seven X, and no one likes right. that. Yeah, technical, very you know spooky fish. You're right. using you know tricky gear. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. That makes sense. I mean, yeah, what? No, I was just, go ahead. Although I was just gonna say, oh, no, I, I to- go go for you, man. I totally agree. I mean, like the first time, I mean, my whole life it's been everything else but trout until I met Mitch and Aldo, you know what I mean? So, which was like seven mm-hmm. years ago. Yeah. Super. Yeah. Not, to be honest, like Mitch and I grew up in a, in a trout free environment too. Like pike and bass were always around, but not, mm-hmm. not really trout. So, you know, we were, we yeah. were doing the same thing, bluegill bass, and that's what we learned how to fish on. And then you get into trout fishing. You're like, yeah, maybe I wouldn't have liked Just it. get mad. I was, I wasn't yeah. getting bluegill on poppers <laughs> when I was 12, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like so when Brooke did the Ville, oh. um, like is Brookville, Maryland, like, is that like, I know you mentioned it's a suburban town, but like, is your access to the outdoors kind of immediate? Like, was it an easy thing mm-hmm. to get to a Creek or, or a lake or something like that? 
It was. <clears throat> and, um, yeah, I guess we were really privileged in that way because we, I, we say suburban, but it's also like, it's kind of like the first rural area once you get outside like if you're in dc driving outwards it's like the first area that's kind of rural uh and so there's a ton of green space and we had the privilege of uh being in a neighborhood where eric and i could just go out the back door and explore a little Mm -hmm. neighborhood green space yeah Mm. probably you know used to be pristine brook trout streams but now it's just turned into you know panfish and bass um, but I mean, it was still so much fun for us to explore. So, okay. When did the, uh, filmmaking stuff come into the picture? Like, how'd you guys get into making films? When did you start making films? I, um, that's, that's more so, you know, a question for me, I guess, but, you know, I've always been a filmmaker or, you know, a video creator, I guess I should say. Um, that's just kind of along with fishing. And I, I would say before fishing even has just been a passion of mine. You know, it started with making stop motion animation Lego videos with like Windows Movie Maker <laughs> back oh, yeah. when I was, you know, a kid and forcing my family to sit through it. Um, and eventually that graduated to, I don't know if you guys remember like the the flip video cameras, like these little square cameras and yes. you flip the, the USB out. Yeah. So we, we yes. had one of those. Yes. hundred percent. Um, you know, that turned into, a, Andrew had the first generation GoPro, which was like the biggest deal ever. Oh, it was um, huge. And, you know, I remember those commercials. Yeah. I remember <laughs> you can see snow- underwater. <laughs> yeah. I remember him snowboarding with that big old thing yeah. and just like thinking it was the coolest looking thing ever. Um, but you know, so that transition into kind of just, recording family vacations um so so the funny thing is you know our favorite thing to do ever was like go on a trip somewhere and record ourselves snowboarding or hiking or fishing um you know and i remember one summer in particular i think it was 2016 i i'd saved up i was a substitute lifeguard all summer i saved up my my full salary and bought my first kind of entry-level dslr Mm. and that was that was right before our first trip to Vail, Colorado, which is like one of the first times I was ever out West. Um, and we, I mean, literally the whole time I was there, I was just filming. Um, just, that's right. just what I love to do. So it's kind of cool, you know, now as we're making these films to, to think back at like, man, like this is quite literally what we did for fun. Like our, this was our vacation. And now we're to the point where like, we kind of get to do this for work, you know, hopefully eventually you know, definitely full time. It would be cool. Um, but it's really, it's just, it's just always been a love and I've never put a camera down. Right. So I guess, uh, you mentioned something like, Oh, I think it's, you know, this might be more a question for me. I guess what would be important to figure out is what, what, what is your, like, um, let's say production relationship. Like if I'm going to use us mm. as an example, like if we're on a shoot, typically it's Mitch will, you know, like if all three of us get to be on the shoot, you know, all, uh, myself and Yilma, we, actually being the camera operators where Mitchell kind of coordinate the shoot and, and direct or write, you know? So like, is there someone who's taking on the DOP role? Like who's, who's doing what in your duo, I guess is my question. Yeah. I think, I think the lines get blurred a lot. Um, I'm for sure. For sure. Obviously. Yeah. Cause I, I, you have to be nimble. Yeah, exactly. And there's just two of us too. Um, but you know, I'm definitely the one, um, you know, the DOP, like I'm the one operating the camera. I'm the one editing. Um, 
and I, you know, for me, because I have the responsibility of filming and editing, a lot of times I take charge of kind of the creative stuff in general of like the actual creation of the product, if that makes sense, or the video. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, we really collaborate on that, like planning and creating. Um, but Andrew's strong suits, I mean, you can speak on it, but for sure, like, I mean, he studied pretty much conservation and sustainability. So his knowledge is so helpful. And that's what, you know, Journey Upstream was about and what we hope, you know, future films to be about. But also, I feel like you're kind of finding your role uh, with your, like, killer, like, project management and communication type stuff. Which is um, huge. Which like, is, that's it, what it, producer no, is, it's almost everything, to be honest. Like, looking yeah, in, is, in hindsight, yeah. looking, looking back at the films we've made, the most time-consuming parts and, you know, arguably some of the, the hardest work is the project development. It's the, you know, kind of what happens mm-hmm. for months and months before the project is even made. It's connecting with sponsors. It's, you know, creating proposals, all, all that kind of stuff. So there, there really is so so much that goes into it that you don't think about. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, so I guess the next question would be like, why, like why did fly fishing inspire your, your video making and why wasn't it like skiing or maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you do make ski, skiing videos or other, but like, was it, what was it about fly fishing that really you were like, these are the videos that we want to make. Um, <clears throat> I, I think for, for whatever reason, fly fishing and, just art in general, like really melds well together. Like the amount of people that are fly anglers and also painters or fly anglers and filmmakers mm-hmm. is probably, there's more of a correlation there than like any other activity, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, and that might just be because it's, it's so, it's such like an artfully done activity and there's so much beauty behind it and metaphor and it's just ripe for creating endless content. Um, and I think another point to make there is, uh, we're, we're big fans of Jimmy Chin. And, uh, I also, I, we, both of us listened to his masterclass recently and he talks all about how, um, pretty much the reason he's so famous is because he can, He's both a filmmaker and photographer. He's got that mm-hmm. world, but he's also a mountaineer and he's able to go to these places where like, first of all, like most people in the world cannot go to these places because you need a high degree of knowledge of how to navigate the mountains and an athletic ability to get up in those places. But mm-hmm. then on top of it, you also need to be able to be comfortable enough in those spaces to be able to also film and that's just it blows your mind when you have to when you think about like going up to Everest and sure. you're not only trying not to die but you're trying you're also filming mm-hmm. and up a good I shot. think for us yeah, fly insane. fishing kind of like um, it provided the space where we we got to a point where we felt comfortable enough that we could be really good at fly fishing and then we also introduced cameras into the mix and we we've been able to balance the two um and it, it we might not be climbing everest or anything but it we we've kind of achieved a, a a balance where we can do both things and in a beautiful artistic way mm-hmm. 
I would say yeah. we kind of always made fishing videos too. Um, I, I think we love being outside in general and we do a lot of different things, but I'd say fly fishing is like, would probably be like our main activity. Like if we had a day off, like we probably would be fly fishing over other things. So I think kind of naturally it just happened because that's like the main activity we did. Um, but also like for me, like when I was young, I started a YouTube channel with a friend that was a fishing YouTube channel. And I think we had it for like two years or something. It was when I was like middle school, like just getting into high school. Um, and we did well. I think we were, we had like a little bit over 4,000 subscribers or something. And, Whoa. you know, some videos, some That's videos big. were getting, <laughs> we had, yeah, we had a couple videos get like, um, like a hundred thousand views or something, which back wow. then was like, like a huge deal to mm. us. And we were like freaking yeah. out. But unfortunately we were at that age where like, as years we're starting to find out about it we got self-conscious and you know wimped out and stopped um but it was kind of that little period that you know i was not only forced to get better at pumping out like a weekly fishing video you know getting better and better at filming and editing and posting it but also i became much more knowledgeable and passionate about fishing because the second you have to absorb information to like educate people or like if i don't want to say educate people but like i mean we did like tips and tricks and stuff so sure it, it kind of was like just my way of becoming more ingrained in the fishing community um mm-hmm. so ever since i did that it's kind of just been like you know making fishing videos is almost second nature to me so it was a it was an easy transition i guess from from that youtube channel to what we do now absolutely mm-hmm. and i feel like because of your knowledge of fishing if you're going to film it <clears throat> it's just going to be that much better you're just going to grasp the angles better you're going to know what to look for all those kind of things but also you didn't mention conservation i mean fly fishing is like you know if there's one one type of sport i would say we're all a very sustainable people right and i feel like based on your andrew based on your uh education it just goes hand in hand it's like a seamless fit but that's that's just yeah, my that's, that's a very good point yeah. i think um part of the mission that we've developed with breaker bros is uh to use outdoor storytelling to spark sustainable change and we we want to create these outdoor films that are like uh super attractive and cool and have all these um you know fly fishing and other forms of outdoor recreation but we want to kind of intermix environmental and sustainability messaging in there and one i guess the fly fishing lends itself to that um mm-hmm. because as you said it's it's a community that really sees um the correlation between having the opportunity to get out there and catch a fish and then also having the duty to make sure we have that fishery in those in that ecosystem stay intact for years to come yeah. um, mm-hmm. and that's that's really direct for fly fishing mm-hmm. yeah that's that's really interesting you brought that up because i kind of think at least for me that that probably was some of the pull towards the fly fishing niche specifically from kind of like the broader like fishing or bass fishing um mm-hmm. niche like i don't want to you know diss them or that kind of fishing or anything but i totally feel like the you know fly fishing space 
has a you know a little bit more focus on conservation or sustainability um you know maybe that's just a you know a broad statement from my own perspective but that's kind of like the vibe i got from the beginning and you know i don't know i think i, I do think that was kind of subconsciously probably a little bit of the poll for us like why we started to go that route instead yeah right yeah right like adding to that conversation that sustainability mm-hmm. conversation yeah yeah 100 percent. yeah that's cool what do you guys think goes into okay so fly fishing films have been around for a long time you know like way back people have been shooting these things but you know recently they've blown up with uh, things like f 3 t uh and and there's a lot of fly fishing films out there what do you guys think goes into making like a great fly fishing film like what is it that you know people when they see a film they're like oh have you seen this one have you seen that one like is it one thing or you know from your perspective like how do you how do you make a a, a, an award winner (laughs) Mm. i think um i think it's changing Yeah, that, that is the million dollar question. But I think I think in the past, what we've what we've seen with with fishing videos and what took up the majority of the lineups in a lot of these festivals was kind of just your what they call fish porn, um, mm-hmm. or just you know dudes getting on a trip and getting flown you know somewhere eight hours away, tropical, and just railing massive tropical fish on the fly and like freaking out and screaming, which is cool to watch. And you know, at the beginning, everyone was like loving it because no one's seen that before um yeah but i think we're starting to hit a point where you know people are getting vocal about it too especially this year where people are kind of like you know we're done seeing that um what people want to see now is a real story Mm -hmm. um you know which isn't a shocker um so i think that's you know at the heart of it is that people want a good story and i think people need to focus on that but something i think people are also craving is is they want to see more like domestic stuff. They want more of that message. Like mm-hmm. look at this badass fishing that's in your own backyard that is actually accessible. Um, so I think, I think a film with like a strong story centered around something a little bit more grounded. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, like you could even make a film about going out back here and, and you know, catching pumpkin seed or bluegill as long as like the story's there. Totally, so I, totally. For me, for me, that's kind of like the, you know, where I see fishing films right now. Like I think most of the attention is, is going to be moving towards those more grounded, well thought out, um, stories. So, yeah, yeah, I agree. No, absolutely. No, a hundred percent. People are so tired of it. It's a good, you know. Yeah, it's a good point because at the beginning, you're like, I didn't even know what the fuck a GT was. Like, who knew yeah, a giant trevally was or even where yeah. the Seychelles are? Like, I don't know. Yeah. But now yeah. we know and we've seen the, whoa, whoa, it's crazy. <laughs> Isn't it crazy? <laughs> yeah. So you're right. I think story driven. Every film is pretty much like, this is the hardest fighting fish pound for pound. And then it's just like <laughs> totally. a different fish every, every film. <laughs> And it's cool, yeah. but you know it's it has its it has its time and place, and I feel like yeah, it gets old. I feel like the yeah, it does get old. Yeah, yeah. it's like I mean, yeah. fantasy. You know, like now it's travel porn as opposed to fish porn or something. I don't know. Exactly, and it's that's that's finite because yeah. the only reason that's valuable is because you're showing people like a species or a place that they've never seen before. And, you know, there's only so many of those out there before, Mm -hmm. 
you know, you're mul- you're doing multiples of that fishery, and then mm-hmm. people yeah. are going to start wanting a story. Yeah, you can't just keep looking for yeah. some fish that no one's ever heard of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. No, hundred percent. And it's way cooler now yeah. that we've got you know f- there, films, movies, you know, like with stories. Uh, around fly fishing. I think that's like way more entertaining, um, which, you know, that actually might be a nice segue into your, your most recent film, which is Phoenix. Uh, this is a film that's in this year's F3T. Um, Andrew, for people that don't know the storyline, we checked out, by the way, it's awesome. looks amazing. Want to go fishing there, uh, especially right now, like up here in Canada, it's like shitty outside and snowy. And I'm like, oh my God, I can't wait to go fishing. But can you tell uh, people listening, people that haven't seen it yet, what it's about? Yeah, so um, Phoenix is a film about uh, one of our close friends and and actually a guide that took us out uh, in 2016. Uh, Her name is Katie Fiedler Anderson. Uh, She's a guide in the Vail Valley here in Colorado. And Mm -hmm. uh, we stayed in contact with her since then. And uh, we recently, this past year, reached out to her and uh, we wanted to reconnect and and uh and hear about her experience being a female fly fishing guide in the Vale mm-hmm. valley um since the last time we had talked with her she had had a uh her firstborn um and she had started her own business um mm-hmm. she had stopped working for the guiding service that she had committed uh i think over a decade to guiding for and her and her husband who's also a guide um, they created their own mobile guiding service, uh, which is kind of unique. Um, and so the film is really about um, her and her family navigating the space of living as fly fishing guides, being a fly fishing guide family, and navigating the space of having a child, mm-hmm. starting their own business, and creating a life where they could be parents and also continue uh, their love of being fly fishing guides. Right on, right on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's crazy. It's a, like we were saying, like you've got a story, like nice story there now, right? It's not just about the fish. Eric, like why was it important for you guys to like tell this story? Like what was it about this story that got you jacked? Um, honestly, it just is, you know, in my eyes, just such like a perfect little heartwarming family story. And even more specifically, it's a it's a family that's centered around fly fishing, which we both think is just so cool. Um, you know, yeah, both, totally. both both parents being full time guides, um, you know, they're always on the water with with Phoenix, and they have a little you know fake casting rod for her. It's just it's just awesome to see like a whole family that fly fishing is so meaningful to them. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, we had stayed in contact with with Katie, and we were kind of trying to figure out new films you know new ideas and whatnot we were struggling a little bit we, we had a call with her and she was pretty much just filling us in with with what you know had happened since the last time we saw her and we weren't necessarily yeah. thinking about a film um but like andrew said hearing the fact that you know she had a newborn she quit her job started her own guiding company we we're kind of like, wait, 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 like what happened in between that? Like we know there's, we yeah, know there's yeah. some sort of story there. Right. Um, and the cool thing is she had this paper written. Um, I'm not sure exactly who she planned on sending it to. And I think in fact, she, she didn't send it to anyone. 
Um, but it was this beautifully written paper kind of talking about her experiences as a female guide in the fishing space. Um, mm-hmm. Just some stories, you know, I mean, as I'm sure you guys can guess, uh, you know, some ridiculous stories have happened throughout the years, like um, clients refusing to use like a pink San Juan worm because they don't want to throw a girl fly or people mm-hmm. people getting in the, the, the van or her, or her truck and saying like, oh, cool, like, are you driving us to our fishing guide? Um, so just like a bunch of kind of, mm. you know, lighter stories like that, but it kind of led up to um, what we read and it was kind of at the heart of this film is is while she worked at the, the shop she was at, um, she mm. went and, and had Phoenix and was on maternity leave and kind of got screwed over a little bit. Um, like, I mean, as I'm sure you guys know, like Andrew and I have never been guides, so we, we haven't experienced this, but from what we hear, there's a lot of politics that goes into a lot of the yeah. shops and kind of, kind of the roster. Yeah. Um, and she kind of got screwed over when she was gone for so long and came back and people weren't treating her the right way. And even, you know, at, at one point I got to the fact that I think she had Phoenix was like almost two or something. And somebody like hit her up on Facebook and was like, "Oh, so bummed that like you couldn't um, make it out to like guide for me." Like I like the shop called and told me like you were pregnant and like you couldn't guide us. And she was like, "Well, my daughter's two and like walking around <laughs> me right now, so like that's not oh, the case." Um, Jeez, eh? So she like went through this like hard experience, and instead of kind of just like folding in the cards or you know saying, "Oh well," and you know, playing the game or, you know, trying to work her way back. She said, okay, like screw it. And she quit with her husband. And that was Mm -hmm. kind of what made them start their own business. So the idea behind the film was like, let's tell this story in a short way without getting, you know, too negative because it's a short film. You know, you only have so much time to get a story across. Um, and, and that's really what the film is about because, this leap of faith that they, you know, did starting their quitting their job, starting their own business was because of Phoenix. Um, so she kind of was like the catalyst, you know, of change for them, uh, which, yeah. which was really the main message. And I think it's also kind of cool that like separate from her name of Phoenix, you know, like, you know, it's like a symbol for like yeah. a renewal or like rising from the ashes kind of. So it's kind of like mm-hmm. a little bit of play on words there, but um, that was really the, the heart of the story. That's cool. great. I love that. That's no, cool. Yeah. yeah. How, like how, what went into making this? Like how long did it take you guys to shoot it and capture this story? It took us two solid weekends. Um, and it was kind of nice for me cause I was living in Colorado. I had moved by then. And, yep. um, so I was, I was stoked for a Colorado film and Eric yeah. flew into Denver and I would go pick him up and we would, fly out to or drive out to Vail and spend a weekend um where we had a good time but it was we had a regimented schedule where we knew we had to be shooting here at sunrise here at sunset and in between we had to be doing all these things in order to to be able to uh knock out production within those two weekends um Mm -hmm but it was a ton of fun. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, it sounds fun. I mean, did you guys get to fish a lot too while you were filming or was it, was it all business? 
Uh, I would say the first trip, we probably fished a little bit too much, and we regretted it <laughs> hardcore because the second trip, nice. we were kind of like, oh, crap. Like, we can't really afford, <laughs> yeah. you know, another weekend out to do this again. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, we, we still we still found our time. Like, the second – I remember the, the second weekend was – just everything went so smoothly um and it was such yeah. a good feeling and, and on that last morning before andrew drove me back to the airport we stopped at one of our favorite spots and just had like a killer morning like caught more mm-hmm. brookies and you know high mountain brookies and cutthroats and mm-hmm. we could count and it was nice. even more satisfying because we knew we just like killed it and wrapped up production um yeah so that was that was a pretty great moment good way to celebrate i was gonna say there's one there's a there's a moment where you land a particularly gorgeous brookie yeah it reminded yeah, me of the lady and i was like i was like <laughs> i was like whoa like yeah. so green yeah uh, so yeah. green like yeah. so yeah. green yeah that was, that, was, special fish. that was hands down the most beautiful brook trout i've ever seen in my life i, yeah. I have oh, we man. have a great photo of it too um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that fish yeah. was awesome. It's funny how brookies. is that standard Aldo, for like high mountain brookies? Like, are they all kind of like that kind of color, or is it just that one was just like stand out? <laughs> They're so different. I feel like we. I think we talked about this last year. We were talking about how uh, brook trout they have so many subspecies, and <laughs> yeah. then when you add in the fact that like humans move them around, and then they're breeding in other areas, like you could go to one drainage and catch a brook trout and it's kind of like silvered up with like yeah. a little bit of color. And then you go one drainage over and it's like that fish that we caught. Yeah. Right. It's uh, cool. Yeah. Um, wait, I don't know if this has been asked though, uh, f- fellas, but do you search out the, <laughs> just in case, cause uh, you know, my memory, let me tell fellers. you, fellers, uh, um, do you search out, your stories or do people contact you based on you know what they've seen in the past like you know what's or what is you know the the best way or the the most that thing that you've been doing to get to get your stories and uh direct them that was a terrible question the way it was said. No, no. But you under- I think what you're trying to say is how do you find your projects? I, no, I know. Do exactly they come to you? Yeah. I should have um, just stopped when so- I got there, but then my brain's like, wait, you am going to use this word, but don't use this word. <laughs> Anyways, but I think we all got there and, um, you know, per- right on time. I, yeah. <laughs> 40 seconds comic relief. Go ahead, guys. I got you. Um, so, well, so far with A Journey of Stream in Phoenix, we created you know kind of the idea of those stories and and sought them out but now we're hitting the point where people are starting to kind of approach us um with their stories you know a lot of people too you know there's some ideas that are you know we're psyched about and we're you know chasing them but we're also getting a bunch of dms every day every day now from people like hey like yeah like come to texas and make a film about me like i i got you for dinner and it's just like (laughs) Yeah, um, yeah But but that's an interesting question because I think as you start, you totally have to kind of chase, hmm. you know, mm-hmm. concepts on your own. But we're starting to hit that point, I think, where it's changing and people are, are approaching us. It's um, and, it, and it's interesting. Yeah. yeah. It's we're pretty happy to be there. Absolutely. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. So 
are you, just speaking about the future then, like, are you guys like, what, what projects do you have coming up that you're stoked about that you could talk about anything on the, on the near future? It's got you stoked. Yeah. So, um, like Eric said, we've got <clears throat> a number of ideas right now. We're going through a major brainstorming phase. Um, yeah. but one project that we're really stoked about and somebody actually reached out to us with, with a plan, um, and a budget and we're ready to go here uh, as long oh, as we can find the time away from work um, it's yes. it's a project back in Maryland and it's kind of it's nice. kind of like a journey upstream too or a journey upstream <laughs> okay. ex- extended version um, right. <laughs> Redux. Where, yeah if you remember so a journey upstream is uh, yeah. striped bass and brook trout mm-hmm. and yeah. it's talking about maryland and the chesapeake bay yeah. awesome um, film. yeah love For, it yeah uh, can, can people watch that now that it's outside of the f3t world like it's where can YouTube. people find that oh nice okay great yep. Wicked. Well, we'll put that link in the show notes for sure yeah awesome yeah, yeah. yeah go to breaker bros yeah um <laughs> breaker and, okay bros. so this new film breaker breaker you know guys too the fucking thing about that is like i totally remember that like i know your name but you have to remember i have a i have a goldfish brain okay like my memory is like so so don't you know don't sweat it but anyways okay yeah so this new this new concept is instead of two fish talk in uh, and talking about Maryland, we've broadened it mm-hmm. out to the entire Chesapeake Bay wash- watershed. Oh, cool. And we're now focused on multiple species. Um, oh, we cool. still haven't outlined the details yet, but it's we're trying to choose kind of like a handful of the most iconic species within the entire watershed and targeting those. Um, and also kind of like turning it into more of a maybe less of a cinematic um, approach and more of a right. DIY approach where we're checking out these fisheries and highlighting you know, a guide or a legend in the space and getting into a little bit more of a conversation about the, the sense of place and the right. fishery. Um, mm-hmm. But it's still kind of, it's around the Chesapeake Bay, which we're passionate about and we're really looking forward to it. We're, uh, we're, we're hoping to take some inspiration from kind of like the DOS boat series. Um, if that okay. gives you a better yeah, idea, yeah. because yeah. what they want to do is you know, we're, I think it, we're working with FFI fly fishers, internationals, kind oh, of the group nice. that approached us and other sponsors that are, you know, yet to be determined. Um, yeah. but part of the concept too, is we're going to go to seven different fisheries within the Chesapeake Bay watershed in about seven days. And, they want to create seven short videos and then kind of use that footage to create one longer film. Um, and it's a yeah. part of a broader Chesapeake Bay campaign that's going to also include a podcast series and uh, an edition of, I think, the Fly Fisherman magazine. Um, yeah. Don't quote me on that, but some fly fishing magazine. So we're pretty stoked mm-hmm. to be a part of that. And it's it's nice. going to be a lot of work. You know, I'm, I'm a little bit scared already because I think they're <laughs> – they're putting us in like a little, you know, a camper van for seven days. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, I'm thinking like camper van, seven short videos, like one short film. Like, how the hell yeah. am I going to do this? <laughs> so that's it'll be beefy. interesting. Yeah. That's a, yeah, that's yeah, a lot. Yeah, that's a lot of work. Yeah. 
That's sweet, though. That sounds like an exciting, that's a super exciting project. I mean, it sounds yeah. like an awesome project. Big. Yeah. Yeah, big thing. That's going to be great. Stoked. Yeah. I, I would be worried that we just put that idea out into the world and somebody's going to steal it. But uh, I also am not worried because it's way too difficult of a project and no one would ever try that. <laughs> but here, here, here's Very the thing. Niche. Here's yeah. the thing, yeah. Andrew, if I may say so, my friend here. Um, they could do it, but it won't be as good as yours, you know? That's that's the difference. So regardless. Oh, look at that. Yeah. Photo confidence. I appreciate that. Campbell. For sure. For appreciate sure. He was an art director, so he knows. He knows. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, well, maybe on that note, I did, have, you know, we were talking about sustainability earlier and like, you know, you kind of see this medium videos and movies as a way to spark that kind of like, um, maybe not sustainable change, but maybe somebody even like in and of themselves, like, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, are there anything like, how do you think that your videos or other people's videos do spark that change? Like, obviously they're inspiring. You see a video about a certain watershed and, you know, we've done one in mm. Indiana of all places and we did a podcast about a local stream, you know? So obviously, you know, aside from like somebody watching that and being like, whoa, that's now important to me because this video is inspiring. Like, how do you think that, you know, our role is like, you know, if we're fly fishing podcasters or, or video makers or, or photographers, like how can we, inspire people to make that change that you want to make like aside from just like putting a video out about a certain river like is that all we do yeah, or do, do, how, how do we action yeah what are the actionable things that like can happen through art i mm -hmm. guess is the question i think i think i've heard you guys talk about this concept in in past podcast episodes but for, for me i guess at the most simple level it's kind of hoping to inspire people to get out and experience their own environment, you know, in whatever way that yeah. is, whether that's fishing or hiking or rock climbing or trail running or whatever, just right. I want people to get out and connect with nature because that is so incredibly important. And, you know, no one's going to want to protect what they don't have a connection to. Um, so, so mm -hmm. for me, that's, that's kind of the heart of it. And that's, totally where a lot of the inspiration to these films came. Um, a big part of it for me is trying to showcase the beauty of Chesapeake Bay watershed or of, you mm -hmm. know, the Eagle river watershed and Vail Valley. Um, mm -hmm. and also we're kind of pumping out a bunch of content on our social media too, like on Instagram reels and we even started a TikTok yep. page. Um, which Same. is kind of pop, popping off, believe it or not. Yeah, yeah. there we go. Everyone is. Yeah. Everyone made, everyone made fun out. of it until now. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Um, but the interesting thing is, you know, we've gotten such cool, such a cool response from all of that stuff mm -hmm. online. And I feel like we're, we're living in a day and age where the separation between humans and nature is getting wider and wider, I think, with you know, mm -hmm. the advancement of technology. And I think that's creating mm -hmm. a host of different problems. And for me, mm -hmm. like, instead of just like sitting back and saying like, Oh, like this is terrible. Like the young generation is screwed. I love the idea of like saying, Hey, like, you know, that could lead to some problems, but let me use my skill set to try to create content and meet them where they are and hopefully spark some conversations or inspire a few people to get out and try fly fishing. 
Um, and yeah. you know, while we get, you know, a ton of dumb comments on TikTok and you know, Instagram, like everyone too, there, there are a lot of people saying like, this is gorgeous. Like, thank you so much. Or people saying mm-hmm. things like this inspired me to get out this weekend or, you know, this, mm-hmm. this yeah. made me want to go pick up my fly rod and get back out. So mm-hmm. that's kind of think- like, yeah. It's true. Yeah, I think if anybody watches your your film Phoenix, I mean, and you do a very good job of that, is you do make it look as gorgeous as it is, because mm-hmm. it is, and mm-hmm. it, and you know you don't need it to be the Vale Valley for fly fishing to be gorgeous, although it certainly helps. Yeah. You know, like I think you can find, um, you know, I think even around here, like you find little moments of nature, Absolutely. like in downtown Toronto, like you know, I'll take my friends fishing and in downtown Toronto and be like what this park exists here mm-hmm. and like I remember mm-hmm. taking somebody and a deer walked across the river and we're like you know 10 minutes from my house which is like you know pretty densely populated and everyone's like whoa like what's going on yeah. Toronto <laughs> <laughs> you know like yeah. so you know you can find beauty kind of anywhere I guess you don't have to be in the Rockies but you know but yeah yeah, yeah that imagery does sure. inspire that's that's for sure I guess is my point no it's absolutely yeah yeah no that's great yeah, no, it's, it's a good way to look at it. So, well, if anyone's, you know, and the other cool thing about that too is you get people that maybe don't fly fish even. Like, you know, doing it through the F3T and stuff. People bring their friends out, you know, people oh, yeah. just stumble across your TikTok stuff and you get people that don't even know what fly fishing is. And then maybe mm-hmm. they're like, they get into it, you know? So, yeah, I think that you're right. Like, just that inspiration is super important. And then, of course, when you can do projects that can, you know, directly attach to an initiative, that's a whole other positive thing. But, no, it's great. Mm-hmm. I dig it. Uh, okay, fellas. Well, it's that part of the show where we do uh, Mitchie's Fishies 5, which is the same five questions we ask every guest at the end of the show. Um, I think last time we did Big one. one of them, right? It was the tying one. I think it was the tie one, right? I think we did the we. I think we did the fly one last time. Yeah, fly one. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Well, we're gonna do that one again too, and we'll see if that lines up. But uh, let's just start with the first one, and we'll start uh, Andrew maybe with you with. Actually, wait, 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 wait. Sorry, I had a sorry, Mitch. Sorry, Mitch. I'm so sorry, Mitch. Mitch, I'm so sorry. Oh my god. What film did you enjoy making more? Is it was it this (laughs) year's or the one before? I just I was I just a little bit curious. Or or did you find maybe a better question because picking favorites is. That's a know, tough one. Kind of maybe kind of maybe kind of silly, but like, did you find it easier making this film than the one than the one prior? Just because you had been through the process before, or was it harder because you had to? You're like, oh fuck, now we got to think of something again and go through this process of going submitting yeah. to the F3T again. It was. They were so different, and it's hard to say which one I enjoyed making more. Um, a journey upstream was so, so special because we kind of, Eric and I were, uh, that happened during like the heart of COVID when we were in the same house together and we like really worked together on that thing and Mm. put together this story that was, that felt so perfect. And, and then we brought in our friends to help make it. And it was just, and it was about our home watershed that we grew up in. So there was so much sentimental value there. And then mm-hmm. Phoenix was like our second project. So we had like a little bit of a taste into like what, where this could go and, you know, what this could turn into. And it was so much fun to reconnect with Katie, who we had a history with, as I said, you know, we, we had been on a guided trip with her years prior. Um, and Vale is also one of our favorite areas. And so there's also special moments to that but 
um, one component um, that made Phoenix a lot different was that Eric and I were separated and I was out here in Colorado. And so we, we would have to schedule out phone calls and manage the, the time difference. And I would have to like get on a phone call right after work before like Eric had to go to bed. And it, it was kind of hard to, uh, to figure that out. And because of that, Eric, Eric totally took the lead role on creating Phoenix and he was the main director and I kind of took a backseat approach and as assistant director. And, um, so I played a little bit less of a role in, in Phoenix. Um, and we didn't have that kind of same, same, uh, like consistent, uh, I guess, uh, work environment that we had when we were stuck right. in the same house, creating a journey upstream. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, um, I'll also add, I would say the actual production of Phoenix was a lot more stressful because it involved travel. Um, like right. it was a matter of like, you know, the, it added the logistics of like, okay, renting, renting gear, packing it up, making sure it weighs a certain amount and getting that in an airplane. And, you know, yeah. we're just starting out. So for us, for you know, plane tickets for two trips out there for me was like a That's big expensive. deal like that. Yeah. That was like, yeah. you know, the majority of our budget almost. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it was also stressful because it, it adds this this time factor where you are like, dude, like if this doesn't pan out, if the weather's not there, if we botch yeah. the audio today, like we can't buy another plane ticket, man. So it, it totally added, mm-hmm. you know, stress to the actual production. Whereas a journey upstream was, was more of like a compounded creation of, of many weekends back to back. And it's like, if we didn't get a shot, we're like, all right, like we're fishing, you know, in Western time. Maryland next week, next weekend anyway, like just bring your camera. Um, and just yeah. throw everything in the back of the car. So that was totally a, a big difference between the two. Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. almost like Phoenix was like the first, you know, kind of what you might think is a traditional production where it's like there's a lot of shit in the way, <laughs> flights and yeah. phone calls and stuff like that. <laughs> That's good that it worked out, you know. For Sometimes sure. you guys yeah. got that under your belt and, you know, now it's now onto the that, that giant project with uh, a little more, uh, I guess, experience in that sense right yeah yeah it'll it'll be interesting it's gonna get easier and easier no absolutely Mm -hmm. maybe (laughs) maybe maybe yeah easier is maybe the wrong word maybe it's like back oh sorry mitch go ahead let's reverse let's reverse we're gonna reverse back into mitch's fishies five uh which is the first question was for andrew and i was saying andrew what is your favorite fish and why if you had to pick a favorite fish which would it be it's gonna be brook trout. You did. Um, <laughs> yeah, and there's so many reasons why it's brook trout. Um, yeah, but I, I think what it comes down to, and I, I think I gave a similar answer last year, uh, is that they live in my personal favorite ecosystem, and yeah. You know, since they since they're an indicator species, meaning that they only live in environments that are in top tier pristine condition, um, yeah. they, they're not living next to a parking lot or next to a toxic site. Or you, in order yeah. to catch a brook trout, you also have to be in like the most pristine yeah. mountain environments possible. Um, yeah. So, 
those are always fun places to be. Yeah. Yeah, like oh, how they look and answer. what they mean. I'm smiling yeah. because, love yeah, I love it. Exactly. Like we we I feel have like the Eric opportunity. Was say Brook Trout. I think like, Eric was when say I was Brooke in Trout school. Too, oh, he's definitely going to say Brook Trout. But I, I wanted to add one more thing. When you guys were in school, would you like doodle like trout and like little like streams in your your notebook? I would probably say bass, but yes. Or just be like this so, like this little fish scene in my notebooks. Yeah. yeah. Whenever like if, if you told me to like picture like my fantasy trout stream, it would look like a like an Appalachian brook trout stream yeah. it would be mm. like cascading plunge pools yes with yep. like some white water and just like a tiny little pool section where you know there's like one little brook trout oh, sitting yeah. Yeah. Like that that is like my fantasy and that's like my meditation and that's why i love it so much winter's gotta end man i'm sick of the yeah. I, I just want to go fishing holy oh my god andrew's know. gonna stop romancing these scenes right here yeah, <laughs> this is like oh this god. is like trout asmr right now dude. yeah it is yeah let me, let me whisper that <laughs> yeah. and then uh, it's rising to a little uh, <laughs> dry fly i love it Eric, if you had to pick a favorite fish, which would it be? What would, what, what's your What's your favorite fish? It It would be brook trout, um, nice. but I I said that last year as well, and I knew Andrew would steal it, yeah. so I was kind of hoping I would get that question first. But um, <laughs> nice. I, I came I came with a backup answer, and I'm I'm gonna say brown brown trout. Nice. Um, nice. Okay. You know, when I went to school, I was pretty close to Penn's Creek. So that was kind of like the river oh, I, I always fished nice. in college. And yeah. honestly, like fishing a streamer on this one stretch of Penn's Creek, I used to always fish was like, might be hands down, like some of my you know favorite fishing experiences, either with a good friend of mine or just by myself. Like I remember there would be like, you know, a rainy day and I didn't have class or I did have class and I would go yeah. and yeah. it would just, I would just be the only one on the stream cause it'd be like pouring rain and like no one else wants to yeah. fly fish in the rain and I'm just ripping streamers and it's also great weather for that. And seeing that, like that Brown flash, even if you don't catch them, which uh, nine times out of 10 you don't on a streamer, just seeing that Brown <laughs> flash and like feeling the tug for a second, like that oh, yeah. just, dude, yeah. that gets me hooked all day. Oh, nothing better. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Nothing better. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. I remember yeah, screaming I once. That. I can dig that. That's getting me excited. <laughs> <laughs> Aldo! Aldo! Yeah. Right here, man! There's a fish! There's a fish! There's a fish! It's constantly freaking out. And it's always the biggest fish you've ever seen in your life. Always oh my god! It's always like five mm. feet. You know? yeah. I, um, I really haven't caught a massive fish and i think part of that is just mm. where i'm at like you know there's not a lot of big fish yeah. especially in maryland but yeah it still haunts me i i probably like right at the end of my my college career where my my days on penn's creek were numbered i i hooked yeah. a fish that was probably in like the 23 24 range nice. um and it was at the be it was at the end of summer so yeah. I was fishing a dry fly and for fun at the end of the night, I put on a streamer and I was lazy and I, you know, I think I had like four X on with a streamer mm, and I hooked okay. this yeah. monster. And as my friend was yeah. going to net it, it came off. And I rem I threw my rod as far as I could onto the bank 
And it was just like complete <laughs> silence with my friend for like probably a solid 30 minutes. And eventually in the car, we, we just both were like, oh my God, like, that sucks. <laughs> yeah. I, I still, yeah, I still sucks. think about that fish. Yeah. It's going to yeah. haunt you. Yeah, those those fish, the you know, the ones that uh, get away from us are, uh, I mean, that's I think that's probably partly why we keep going out, right? We've all had those moments. It's like, man, that one fish, you know. But oh, yeah, and I, hey, I always, it. I always have to go to that one spot now, you know, without a doubt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay, well, that's fitting for this next question, Eric. Maybe we'll start with you this time. If you could fish anywhere in the world right now, where would you go and why? If you could go anywhere mm. in the world. You can imagine it's the best, best time, time to go there. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like it doesn't have to be March fourteenth, twenty twenty two. It could be like I'm in yeah. Colorado. Huh. The best time to be in Colorado. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, man, that's a that's an overwhelming question. I mean, there's so many so many answers. I but I mean, I almost want to you know take a, a simple approach and say. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it's just because I'm I'm craving it so much because it's it's winter. Like Aldo is saying, like I'm like just dying to yeah. get out there. But I, I would almost yeah. say, um, central Pennsylvania in the I'll say like the early spring um, on a on a brook trout stream would probably be where I'm like I'm like I've been craving it like crazy like hearing andrew whispering about those cascading waterfalls was was getting me going so honestly honestly i'll say i'll say that instead of you know that also goes with my theme of not choosing somewhere exotic and cool yeah 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 i with that i think Uh, andrew mitch and i are actually going oh sorry mitch yeah mitch and i are going to uh, central central pennsylvania this year for the first time yes nice that's right yeah so we're well i've been but Going with Mitchie's, it should be, it should be fine. Awesome. I've never been, man. I'm going to be looking for that big, that big beefer that you missed there, Eric. I'm, I'm going to try to look at <laughs> picture. I'll tell you that for free. I think, I think there's plenty uh, of them. So. Oh yeah, no, I bet. Tell you that I'm for stuck. free. Uh, Andrew, where would you go if you could fish anywhere in the world right now? I'm going to say, I'm going to say Belize, and uh, nice. Targeting a uh, primarily permit, but also just going for diversity of species and uh the great thing is i actually just booked my trip that's where i'm going for my honeymoon a year from now well we're coming right on (laughs) yeah we'll see you there we'll see you there there. carly's gonna be pumped (laughs) yeah um (laughs) that's awesome it's actually kind of funny yoma's art school friend who now lives and guides in Belize. Yeah. No way. Yeah. Yeah. At one Which of the is, lodges? Yeah. Yeah. At Tarpon K. Which one? Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. That's yeah. not where we're going, but that's awesome. Yeah. Where are you going? Yeah. Yeah, Belize looks like an amazing place. Uh, we're splitting our time between uh, Thatch K right. and Copal Tree Lodge. Cool. Which are... They're, they're owned under... They're under the same umbrella, so they, they can offer, like split time hmm. um very so. cool yeah, it's gonna be awesome yeah you're gonna have, have a great time. Time. Yeah, saltwater fishing is oh, yeah. buck wild yeah permit <laughs> wow um okay number three mitch's fish is five andrew what is one of your favorite or best fishing memories if you could pick one and there's probably a lot mm. oh yeah 
Okay. I've, it was actually, uh, the one that comes to mind was when we were on set for Phoenix. Um, yep. and we were fishing one of our favorite little tributaries that is small enough that you can jump across. And most of the summer it's, uh, you can always count on catching like smaller brook trout or cutthroat. Um, but if, as with a lot of tributaries, if you go there in, uh, like late summer and early fall, you get, um, you can have the chance of finding a pre-spawn brown trout that's made its way up there. Mm. Um, and during my, I actually lived in the Vale Valley in 2018 for a year. And I remember the exact pool in the exact day that I pulled out a giant brown trout out of a pool where you would normally pull out a tiny little rookie. Mm. Um, and we were on set on that tributary for Phoenix on that same day, like five years later. And in that same exact pool pulled out a brown trout. <laughs> oh, um, oh, that's cool. Oh, that's awesome. But it, what's even cooler is that it wasn't me fishing or Eric fishing. It was the Anderson family fishing together. And it was that final, uh, the final scene of the film uh, where they're all together, like fishing the hole and they pull out that brown trout that has that whole backstory to it. Yeah, it's wicked. That's a great memory. I love it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Eric, how about you? What's That's a good one. Faves? Um, I mean, there, there's a lot of them, and a lot of them are generally when, when we're together because something cool or funny happens. But but one that pops yeah. into my head that was more of a funny experience was, I guess, last year, um, or a little bit over a year ago. We, we fished a salmon run up in uh, Pulaski, New York, yeah, mm-hmm. and we were there with Douglas at like the Douglas Salmon Camp, and it was it was an awesome weekend. We had never really experienced fishing like that, and Andrew and I both landed a, ki- a king salmon on the fly, which was just mind blowing. To it's like yeah. you hook a shark in like a little stream, and the, I, mean, I even like yeah. was like r- running upstream at one point chasing one. Um, but we were there with one of a, a good friend of ours. His name is Zach Clinchy. He, he used to do a lot of work with Cheeky. Um, and he's a really funny dude. His, his humor is kind of like this. It's like self-deprecating type, type humor. He's just like a hilarious guy who's like all the bad stuff always happens to him. And we had gone this whole weekend and, and everyone, pretty much everyone had, had landed like a massive King salmon or coho or like a lake run brown. And he was like the only guy that hadn't caught a fish the whole time. And he was like, he was getting pissed and like, he was starting to like get vocal about it. (laughs) And, um, it was like the last day we were like literally getting ready to leave and he hooks one finally. And he's, he literally fights this thing for probably like 15, 20 minutes. And Andrew is just next to him fishing, you know, somewhat of the same hole but i mean as you know that's the way the fishing goes everyone's pretty much lined up next to each other yeah and right when he thought the fish was about to get tired his line just goes like completely slack and he's like he just starts like cussing up a storm and going crazy (laughs) and right about the same time andrew's rod bends over and the fish (laughs) starts fighting andrew's rod so we just assumed, like, you know, Andrew, there's so many fish we assumed it was just another fish but you know eventually andrew got it to the net after a pretty short fight, 
and lo and behold, it's it's Andrew's fly and then Zach's fly broken off in Amazing. the corner of its mouth. Wow! So I have just yeah. I have the funniest the funniest photo of Andrew holding this fish and Zach like next to him with his hand on it, just like <laughs> pissed as hell. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's awesome. you kidding me? That's yeah. a great story. So it's like not only did he not not only did he not land the fish, but that same fish yeah. also ate Andrew's fly. And Zach had warmed him up, so Andrew Lin- like it was just it was nuts. It was hilarious. Though. <laughs> I was already a bit tired yeah. after that fight. Yeah. That's a great That's story. Crazy, like the chances of that too. You know, like yeah. I love it. So yeah, funny. good memory. That's good. Poor uh, guy though. Okay, number four then, Andrew. Andrew, why do you fly fish? What do you get out of it? Hmm. Um. Hard question. I think I, I do it. I do it for a lot of reasons, but I think um, the main, the the reason is probably it's because it's meditation. Um, mm-hmm. It's my form, my my primary form of meditation, and I, I love. It, it's my way to to decompress and to um, to also go into beautiful environments and to you know get back in tune with nature and with myself i think yeah. that's the number one reason yeah no, i love that meditative meditativeness is like a yeah it's a huge one we hear that a lot because it's so true you know i mean eric how about how about you like what do you what do you get out of Hold fly fishing why do wait, you keep going back one sec can i say something real quick eric yeah. uh and yes, okay so andrew <laughs> i was taking a selfie for my mom uh that's all but i i, I listened to your story i just want you to know i wasn't ignoring you <laughs> When my mom calls, I got to answer. Sorry. Mom selfies. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Eric. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, so sorry. Um, Good reason honestly, to break that up, Ayoma. Yeah, I just, I just don't want you guys Christ. to think I was being rude. That's like, all. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> I didn't want you to think I was being rude by any means. <laughs> no, we, we would never. Um, honestly, my answer is pre- pretty much the same. I think it's, yeah. it's my activity where... Like you don't think about anything other than, you know, what is my cast looking like? You know, what's the bug life? What's the structure? What is the stream doing? Um, and you know, a big part of it for me too is it's an activity that that forces you to to get out in nature, which I think is mm-hmm. so incredibly important. Not even just for, you know, conservation like we were talking about before, but for mental health, for your physiology, even mm-hmm. too. It's yeah. so incredibly important. And I think mm-hmm. no matter what you do. I think like everyone should have an activity where where they get outside and mm-hmm. appreciate that. And for yeah. me, it happens to be fly fishing, and I'm thankful because I feel like I've gotten to a point where I'm cool if I don't catch a fish anymore. It's just like if I get to go walk totally. around the the forest and stand in a river and like really appreciate it, then you know the fish are kind of just a bonus. As, as cheesy as that sounds, that's kind of the way I feel about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's no, great. It's I mean, great. I don't 100%. think it's that cheesy, like. Uh, you know, I, I think I just kind of thought of something while you're saying that, like, I, I don't know if I'm realizing, you know, how much it, like, well, I know it's a privilege I get to fish all the time, but how much of it is like, you know, you meet people, especially when I used to work in a fly shop where like, sometimes they only fish once a year, Yeah. you know, and, mm-hmm. and, um, and sometimes it's because they just, they're investment bankers and they go salmon fishing <laughs> but a lot of the time yeah. it's because people are they've got kids and jobs and they they're you know they just don't get to fish as much as you know like we do 
and um, mm-hmm. and it's, it's something to take for granted that we get to go as often as we do because it really is special for sure. Special, like you said, totally. like it's it's a it's a special place to be in that mindset where you're like, I don't care if I catch anything because <laughs> yeah. I get to go so often. Yeah. It's just so nice to be outside. Exactly. Yeah. A hundred percent. No, I feel that. Uh, okay, number five, and the last Mitch's Fishies five, Andrew. What fly pattern represents you best and why? If you were a fly, what would you be? I'm trying to remember what can, you said last year. We're going to cross Can Eric and I uh, do each other's flies? Oh, I like that. Oh, I, like I that. think that's what maybe what yeah. we did. Yeah, let's do that. It, it is. What would and Eric be? That did not sound I, right, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what I meant. Come on. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I, I've been thinking a lot about this actually. Uh, yeah. and Eric is definitely a slug fly. Nice. And let, let me tell you what. Slug. <laughs> yeah. Early on in our, in our fly fishing days, when we would go into a fly shop, we obviously, we had no idea about sizes of flies or different types of insects and like what to actually mm-hmm. fish on what water. But we we would go into fly shops and just look for like the most like outrageous flies mm-hmm. possible. Like at first, if you looked at our like fly boxes, like when we were first starting, Eric had like one side of his fly box was like all like really odd stuff. Like he had a ladybug fly and uh, like a slug fly uh, and just like. Japanese beetle. Yeah. A bee. Japanese yeah. beetle. <laughs> yeah, and so I'd fish with it. Yeah, you're a slug fly. Is that did you ever use that? that? No, I don't appreciate you just outing me like that. Yeah. For, like, <laughs> no, but I, I definitely just used to buy I think part of that was mo- on mom too, because she would come with us to the shops and she'd be like, Ooh, like get the ladybug one. Yeah. And I thought it was yeah. like cool yeah. to have like like a collection of like different cool looking flies but yeah, yeah i never i never i never used a slug fly yeah i was gonna say a slug fly i've never seen a slug flyer <laughs> what you might use a slug fly for <laughs> but i dig that yeah if you, yeah. If you, wrap, yeah. If you wrap it in bread you can get a carp yeah exactly yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> right yeah uh okay eric what would andrew be what fly would andrew be oh man um I feel like Andrew would be something like a like a muddler minnow mm. or like a, a nice. some sort of a sculpin Ooh. representation. Yeah. He does look very classic. classic, reliable, reliable, and like not the best looking. I feel like. Is... <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> I was waiting for like I was waiting for the trash to come out. Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> gave you a slug fly, and you're like, this is trash. Muddler, muddler, muddler. Like, oh, so nice. She's trash talking here. I love that. I'll take I it. I love it. Muddler, a muddler minnow. Yeah. Yeah. I dig that. Nice. Oh, those are good flies. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, one day when we compile, when we That's compile all of these answers, fly. we're going to have uh, a slug and then a muddler minnow. And it's <laughs> what the hell's going on here. It's quite the juxtaposition. Yeah. But uh, hey, I love it. Um, Sweet. Yeah, we'll I should probably get started on that. Yeah, exactly. I'll be working on that like once a week. Just yeah, you'll putting it, compiling. Come on, slacking, baby. Uh, slacking. I'm always slacking. Yeah, man. I love it. 
Uh, Andrew, Eric, thanks so much for coming on the show, guys. That was uh, it was fun to get yeah, to chat. This I mean, is good. And thanks for putting up with my shitty internet connection. I can't wait to one day do this in person and we can have a, a better conversation without uh, the uh, grips of the internet. But uh, thanks for coming on, guys. Yeah. And and hey, you know, right now is a good time to plug any stuff you're doing. Where can people find your stuff? Links to things, TikTok, Instagram, Instagram, website. What's going yeah, on? Yeah, thanks so much for having us. Um, the best place to go to, to find out what we're doing is Breaker Brothers um, on Instagram and Facebook, now on TikTok. Um, and our personals, I'm Andy Brake. And Eric, yours is just your name, right? Eric Breaker. Yeah. Yes. Um, and we've also recently just started working with um, an outdoor clothing brand, which we're both repping right now. It's called Wise River. Uh, oh, so sweet. we recommend you all uh, head over to Wise River as well on Instagram and Facebook. Very cool. Beautiful. Yeah, check Absolutely. it right yeah, out. We'll put links to all that stuff in the show notes. What? Wise River. Yeah. No, those are quite nice looking shirts. I dig them. Uh, good for at home yeah. and on the river, as they say, <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. We'll have to get you all some. Yeah. Oh, cool. man. I would love it. Yeah, it works for I us. I love it. Yeah, we, uh, that's great. And if you've, if for everybody who's been to the F3T, I'm sure that they've enjoyed your film, but if it's coming to a town near you, be sure to go and check out, uh, check Absolutely, out the film. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll put uh, links to, um, we'll put links to, to the film's journey upstream in the show notes and, uh, and, uh, yeah, thanks so much again, guys, for coming on. It's been, it's been fun. Also, I want to say March 19th, we're going to be at the showing in Fort Collins. So, if anyone's around that area, we'd love to to meet meet up and uh, watch some cool films. Boom, love it. Okay, amazing. There you go. Put that. Wait, which day was it? What was the date again? The nineteenth. Nineteenth, nineteenth. Okay, cool. Yeah, sweet. Yeah. All right, everybody, check that out. Head over and uh, and meet uh, Andrew and Eric. Uh, but yeah, guys, thanks so much for coming on the show. It was super fun, and I uh, hope you get out soon and enjoy some fishing. And uh, yeah, take care, fellas. Thank Sounds you so good. much. Thanks, guys. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Gills Fly Fishing International. Gills Fly Fishing International provides the destination fly angler with the best personalized trip planning and booking experiences possible. And they run FFI Magazine, an online fly fishing magazine with articles from your favorite fly fishing writers. The magazine is filled with tips, trips, and tightline stories to get you jacked for your next adventure out on the water. Visit flyfishinginternational.com to learn more. That's flyfishinginternational.com. Hey, there we go. We got the Breaker, Bracker, Breaker, Bracker Brothers, Breaker Brothers. Jeez, hey, well, I don't know why I can't get that one straight in my old, my brain tubes, but uh, thanks, uh, and Andrew and Eric, for coming on. That was super fun chatting. Uh, yeah, what the hell are you laughing at? I'm laughing know. at you, man. You're a funny little beep. <laughs> Whoa. Beeps. <laughs> Although I can't tell for sure if it's your mic or your, your computer mic. I can't tell which mic you got plugged in right now. You always sound there we great. go. Now all those guys' mic plugged in. How about okay, that? Okay, sorry about that, everybody. <laughs> hey, no problem at all. It was just a couple minutes there at the end. Uh, anyways, that was great chat. Um, what's going on, guys? Pretty uh, good. Um, yeah. What do we want to say? Oh. I got to edit this show. Like, this is coming out tonight. Well, tomorrow, but, you know, midnight. Yeah. Uh, you should have everything you need in the email. I sent it from oh, the Oh, yeah, I've got it all, email. baby, but I've just got to go ahead and edit it. Huh? Okay. Uh, what's going on? Well, we tried to go fishing the other day, and uh, you know the river had other ideas. 
um, yeah, with piles Matt of Jordan. ice, piles of ice, yeah. and so that made for a pretty funny story. <laughs> yeah. yeah, didn't get a lot uh, of fishing done, but you know no. we tried our darndest. We definitely got a lot of walking in, though. We definitely yeah, did. It was good. Oh, it's good exercise. So although I was telling Mitch, I'm, uh, I'm like, oh man, I, should, I really want to go to the gym today. Oh, we went to the gym. <laughs> we went to the gym for like two days. Oh, worth, we went to sure. the gym. All right. Oh, we, we went, went to, to the, the gym. gym. Oh my God! In the HD. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to go to our YouTube page if you haven't yet, because really that's the biggest news with us. We're uploading to YouTube sometimes, uh, actually periodically, but it's uh, on schedule. Um, so every month periodically we've got on schedule. Out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> every week we got something new out. Either it's a, either it's this podcast. Yeah, like or our, day our usual podcast, or a day tripping video, a trip video, a trip video, cooking video, Mitch making cocktails. Something <laughs> every week is dropping on our YouTube. So, so go like, over and check it subscribe. out. I'm going to be that guy right now. Click and, the bell. Uh, help us out. Click the yeah. bell. Share Click with your friends. We just want to see, <laughs> see Yoma do things. Look yeah, at yeah, Yoma's doing things. things. Look at him over there doing things. You know, well, Look if you're watching him. this on YouTube, you would have seen Yoma get up a few times, you know, go do things around his apartment. Around, take selfies. Off, in, taking selfies. Interrupt, uh, interrupt things for So if you're, if you're listening, you didn't see any of that. You can go watch all that now. So go check it out on YouTube. <laughs> so fly fishing. Um, but yeah. You can see the wicked hat Yoma's wearing and the wicked shirts yeah. that Mitch and I are wearing. And then you can go buy them at SoFly.ca. Yeah. Oh my god, go so many plugs them. today. Oh, sorry, yeah, that's all we got right now. I, <laughs> I was going to say, we tried to go fishing, we didn't, and just can't wait till everything's thawed and we can actually go fishing. Yes. Yes. It's going to happen um, soon. Things are going to thaw yes. soon. Very soon. I messaged Demisha this week and I'm like, yo, we have to get out. So she's stoked. I go for some. Oh, yeah. No, but it was a good weekend. This was a great podcast. It was nice to actually get to talk to them because when we did the F3T podcast, we only had 20 minutes with everybody, right? So it's yes. nice to, and I think it's cool. Like, I mean, here's to, you know, well, at the time to, uh, you know, to gents in university making fly fishing films. Like if I could have made fly fishing films in university, probably what I would have been doing. <laughs> yeah. You know? So it's cool yeah, that, uh, you know, cameras, cameras are more affordable these days and, and people are able to be creative and that creativity is, um, you know, well-received. So I yeah, think that's absolutely. what's cool about this whole thing. And, and it's fun to yeah. talk about the films they make, but more fun about just, just seeing that people are out there trying, you know? Yeah. yeah. Try, absolutely. just gotta try and do. And yeah. Go out and make and, stuff and share it and see what, uh, see what happens, but. Try, do, no, consistency, was, uh, all that good stuff. Consists. Yeah, it was good. It was definitely, it was good. Their film's really nice. And if you have a chance to see it in the F3T, go see it. And of course, watch uh, Journey Upstream. Uh, link in I the show notes. I Journey Upstream. I thought it was awesome. Yeah, yeah it was great. It was such a cool idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was awesome. But everybody, thank you so much for listening at home. That is it for me, Mitch. Aldo. Thanks, everybody. Yelma. Until next time, everyone. And take care. I try not Until to next time. time. <laughs> <laughs> nice. You can find all of our content at SoFly.ca. Reach out via email by sending your questions or comments to info at SoFly.ca. Find us on Instagram at the SoFly Crew. Thanks for listening.